to the Strictly Anonymous podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chains. Here are your hosts, Kathy Kay and Tommy. Hey, welcome to Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, follow the show at Strict Anonymous or follow me at Cartoon Therapy. If you want to be on the show, this is a call and advice show where I give total strangers my unprofessional advice. So if you need advice on something, you want to call in, send me an email at strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com and I'll have you on the show. Uh, today I'm going to run the part two of the guy, Eric, who I aired last week. Eric was into submissive women. Um, I felt like he had a lot more sex stories to tell. And like, I probably cock blocked him in that podcast because I psychoanalyzed him. So I wanted to do a part two and get like those kind of hot stories for my listeners. But turns out that I cock blocked him again. <laughs> I don't know. I really intended to talk about sex with him in this podcast, but we wound up talking about a whole bunch of other stuff. We debate a lot in this podcast. Uh, he disagrees with me. I don't think he liked what I had to say a lot of the time, but I think that that's made it interesting. Um, you know, so we talk about the whole submissive thing and him being a dom. We talk about womanizers and players and his way with women and a lot of interesting stuff. Um, so anyway, I'm just going to get right to the podcast and let you take a listen and you I would love to actually see what people think because I think maybe I was a little hard on him or maybe he was like really kind of pissed at me. Um, and like I said, I tried to get the conversation to be about sex, but it just didn't go that way. I never really, you know, and, but that's the way that it goes. So anyway, I think it's interesting anyway, just for the fact that we kind of don't agree a lot in this podcast and it's a little tense, but you know, who doesn't like a good fight? <laughs> anyway, I'll be right back on with Eric. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous. Hey, Eric. Uh, welcome to Strictly Anonymous Podcast for your part two. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, well, it's very. we're doing this very early in the morning, um, you know, especially yeah. because you're behind me in time zone. So anyway, but um, we're doing a part two because I felt like the first time I had you on, we did. You were on. I just posted your at your um, episode actually, and it was Eric, the uh, who was into the women, submissive women. Just so you know, a ton of people listened to it um, uh, and downloaded it. Um, but I think what I typically tend to do because this is why I do my podcast is I psychoanalyze everyone, and sometimes I cock block like some of the hot stories, like the sex stories <laughs> that I think a lot of people are like listening to my podcast more. So it was like, oh, because it seemed like you had a lot of action and got had a lot of sex go down during your time. So right. I, I thought, oh, we should do a part two and maybe like focus on that stuff. And I'll try my hardest not to psychoanalyze because 
you know, there were a couple of things that you alluded to in the first podcast that I could just go off on. You reminded me very much so of like a guy I dated, doctor guy, like kind of like a womanizer. Right. Which is many layers to womanizers. And I like to talk about that shit, but I'm going to try not to. Okay. Because I'm just going to try to focus on maybe some of like the hot stories because we got it. And let's just start with the submissive thing, because I felt like when I was editing the podcast, you know, we sort of talked about how you got into it and stuff like that. But we didn't get into like any sort of specific stories. I know you've had a lot of experience with submissive women, I'm assuming, because this is something you've been into you know, throughout your life. So why don't you start off with maybe your first couple experiences? I know we we spoke, and I'll just like update because some people haven't listened to the first one, the, the how you got into submissive women, an older woman. You told a very hot story. If anyone wants to hear it, listen to part one about an older woman who sort of turned you on to the whole thing of being dominant, right? Um, and then you went off and you became a dom and then you went and sort of you looking for submissive. So like, what was your first submissive experience like? <clears throat> My first submissive experience after that, actually, uh, I think where we, where we actually played the actual roles, I guess you would say mm-hmm. was probably, was probably about five years after that. I think I was probably, you know, in my early twenties or mm-hmm. getting close to my mid twenties, whenever I first had, uh, and my first real, role experience but i mean you know me being naturally dominant and all that most of my lovers have always been somewhat submissive whether we discuss it or not is a different story you know right you do it more so now for real like you're more a part of the lifestyle right so well yeah eh, i'm part of my i'm part of my own lifestyle you know uh what i mean is is like you know some some women are natural i mean just like I'm, i'm naturally dominant i'm naturally alpha type male i don't go around saying that hey i'm a dom alpha how are you you know and it's just things that we don't, you know, it's just human nature on, and some of who we are. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I naturally come out in the same thing with women that I'm with. I'm typically, there's very few women in my life that I've been with that are, I would say, dominant, but those are the first ones to fall and go submissive easily anyway. Mm-hmm. But anyways, uh, I think I was probably about 22, 23, just guessing, and uh, she was 18. Okay. I remember she was 18 because uh, she she kind of pursued me prior, and I was like, you know, you need to be an adult first kind of thing. And she right, legal. kept pursuing me. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, uh, well, you know, let me back up a little bit. Not to, I was a very mature 22-year-old and all that. I already bought my first home at 19, you know. Please, when I was 15, I dated a 21-year-old. So, I, you know, who cares about age? Like, seriously. So, you just wanted to make sure that she was legal or 18 was too young for you or 17 was too young for you? Because, I mean, like uh, I said, I just, most guys just, would be you know, happy to have an 18-year-old. Right. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. Uh, you know, I just I, it wasn't necessarily, you know, a legal thing from a legal standpoint as much as, you know, uh, I don't know. The way I held myself at that time, I was too mature for someone that was still in high school, that kind of thing. You know? Right. Okay, cool. But so she was more like, you know, you need to grow thing. up. Yeah. Even <laughs> yeah. though she was ironically, like, right. Even though she was like sort of, um, very, uh, dominant in the fact that she, you said she pursued you, but then when it came down to yeah. like having sex, she was like pretty submissive and you became like, well, she dumb. pursued me because just in our circle of, of, of my circle of friends and all that, at that time, mm-hmm. she was kind of a mutual friend. And, uh, friend of a friend kind of thing and she pursued me for my persona for the way that i was around the same thing we discussed you know but the way that i was around right you all were the other musician. guys everybody yeah you're a musician and so a lot of, like musicians get a lot of 
ass. Like, that's just the way that it goes. So anyway, so so you get this girl. She chases after you. She's young, but you're not that old yourself. So it's not really... I mean, you know what I mean? Like, what no, else? No, but do you in my date? mind, oh. I was. Yeah, but what <laughs> else do you date when you're 22? I mean, 22 year olds. I mean, sometimes they could date 30. Someone, someone else that can drink. <laughs> you yeah, know, well, people could drink at 18, please. I mean, come on, we all know that. You know what I mean? Not legally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, so so get to the point where, like, so she. Well, the point I want is, to talk about a look, lot of experiences. The, you know. Okay. Well, the the irony in this experience was she was younger, and I put her through this. You know, hey, you need to grow up first. You know, get older and all that kind of stuff, and. Ironically, she was more, <laughs> when it started going down. I think she was a little more advanced than me, right? You know, uh, I don't mm-hmm. know. Uh, I don't. The, the, we, now we became really good friends, and I discussed a lot of things with her. So, a lot of hers was she was into the bondage side of it, and it was mostly theory. She had never experienced any of it. It's something that she had a secret, you know, uh, obsession with. So she knew a lot of terminology and stuff at that time that I didn't. Right. She was, she had, oh, she had looked into it and was like very interested. Oh, she had in looked into it. it you know, she was, she was what you, she was what you call a true slave. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know what all that was at the time. You know, I, I was just barely starting to develop into, you know, this is a pretty cool lifestyle, uh-huh. you know, uh, and she told me she wanted to be my slave. Well, you know, at first, just like anybody else out in the world right now, it sounds kind of either degrading or it sounds, you know, comical, one or the other. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I didn't, the way I react to it was like, what, you know, and she wanted to wear a leash and she wanted to be a pet and all that kind of stuff. So it was very interesting to me, but it was like, okay, I don't know what to do. Right. You know, I don't know. So I had to do a little study in myself and, uh, needless to say, that was my experience, you know, uh, but I mean, did you walk around on a leash? I had a, I had a co-host. No. He had a girl that liked to be tied on a leash and then locked in a closet and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, he found it hard to take it seriously. Um, but I feel like if you're really in that world and you like that, that would be like that should be like a turn on. No, the whole leash thing. Not for me, though. I, I agree, but not for me. That's not uh, even then. I think what I got in the, the role I got into her the most was her obsession with me. Which I guess goes back up. To oh yeah, don't let me but, start psychoanalyzing you with that shit. Yeah. Okay, let's. <laughs> well, you know, hey, it is what it is, man. I'm here to be open. <laughs> yeah, we might do another <laughs> yeah, therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's all good. Uh, okay. But now, uh, so let me just ask you this really quick. Okay, are you like really a dom, or are you just like a dude that likes to get girls obsessed with you? Like, because I think that there's a difference. No. Okay. There is a difference, and I discussed. I know. I remember. I recall last time telling you that i don't like the obsession part i mean at that time you not gotta remember obsessed. i'm 40 now I was 22 okay then, sorry to cut you, you off know? not obsessed but like you said what i was really into was her being into me so i mean like just getting the conquering of girls to like you i don't believe that that's well, a dominant thing i think no that that's, that's I agree. another that is a thing and a lot of guys have that but that's not necessarily like what like bondage guy the person who's been on my call before ha like is into i think that that's a different kind of a thing right so maybe you're right. not a dumb. maybe t- you're not into bsdm maybe you're well, just into girls like getting girls to really like you and that could be true but but you got to remember we're going through the de- development of me and we're talking 18 years ago so right you know i'm still a young man so i'm still developing at that time into to what i am now right so there so at that, that time you, know, you weren't into like the whips and the all that kind of stuff do no, you guys do that kind no. of stuff no okay Oh well, we did, but it, there was more. It was more of what I'm into now. The same thing. I was. I'm. I'm very much into restraints and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, whips and 
and bondage and all that, that's more so if I, I get nothing out of that. Okay. What do you mean with, what do you, okay. What do you mean with like, what do you do? Like, what do you mean by restraints? I love restraints. I love, uh, I love, I love to, to make the, I love to make the subs feel basically, uh, immobile, helpless, you know, and the reason is, my reasoning might be different. The reason is it allows them to concentrate on other emotions. I mean, Mm -hmm. number one, if you can't see, you can't move your hands, you know, you, you got a spreader bar on, whatever. I mean, you can't, you can't get away or whatever. Not that (laughs) I'm not forcing anybody to do anything, Uh but, uh, but the point is, is is all you can do is just really just relax and just accept what, what what it is and concentrate more on the, the, what the, what's going on. Right, yeah, and I totally. think a lot of women, at least the women I deal with, I don't want to generalize because let me get off in there. But the women I deal with, I mean that that sense of uh, lack of control is half of the excitement for them. Yeah, of course, being taken. I think a lot of girls have a rape fantasy, even if it's just for like a one. They don't I think so really, too. They don't want to really be raped, but they just want that that feeling of like you said, being taken without. But having once any again, control. you know, you got to you want to psychoanalyze something, then then get into this. You know, it's not. This most women, you know, this, 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 it's got to be a particular. It's a particular type of guy they want. To, no guy can just say, "Hey, I got some restraints. Come over." Uh-huh. You know, it's it's a particular type that that turns them on. You know what I mean? Well, no, I don't, just know. I don't think that that's go. true. I think if a girl is into that, she might meet a regular dude that maybe has no restraints around the house, and then is like, "Hey, let's. I want you to tie me up. Like, go get some duct tape or shit. Like, you know, I mean, I think people are creative enough, and if they're really into something, they could get somebody to do what they want. Don't you think? Well, it's not about getting to do what they want. I get what you're saying, but what I mean so far is is, is the fact of once again, I'm just going off my experiences. I mean, uh. I can get women to do things that other other men can't, but it's not because I'm <laughs> oh forceful. Man. You are just not setting I'm, me you know, down my psychoanalytic path. I can't. Yeah, because it. you're you're going in it. Well, <laughs> mainly because you might be going in it. We'll, we'll no, have another episode where I you analyze said. your analytics. No, I love this. Is just this is my God given talent. Please, there's no an- analysis here. I do my own psychoanalyst shit on myself. No, listen. I no. I just think that. Um, no, you say a lot of things that have to do with, um, like, sort of, you know, like, your, it, it just reeks of your sort of self-esteem, like, certain things that you say. And it's very, to me, not a part of that lifestyle. I think it's very different, though you do claim to be in that lifestyle, but it is a little bit different. I would say maybe you're not even into that lifestyle you just do your own thing and you happen to like submissive women and getting them to like really like you and feeling like you you know had sort of power over them because of who you are you know it's like somehow making you feel special because maybe that's not how you felt when you were a baby (laughs) well that could be one that could be one version or it could be another version where i've i've dipped in that lifestyle and i've got kind of jaded about it and cynical about you know, uh, certain areas of it. And I've just kind of set in my, I, I got to the point where, okay, I know what I really am into. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and what is that? <clears throat> basically, uh, what we, what we discussed before, I'm really into, uh, true submissives. What I say, a true submissive, someone that has a natural ability to submit to the right type of, you know, we, we discussed this and a lot of this, some of this is biology. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, you but know. When uh, you say submit, submit, what do you want them to submit to? I mean, you don't have long term relationships with these girls. They typically don't last that long with you. I'm assuming the submission is sexual in nature. Like, what is it this specifically that turns mm-hmm. you on that you like to get these girls to do? After trying everything, I assume you tried a lot of different things and you're like, I'm really into restraints. Like, what is it that you like okay. for them to submit to? I can answer that question. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily what they submit to. Here's the narcissistic side of me. It's my ability to get them to. Right. Of course. <laughs> not, there's a difference between it's a difference between between forcing someone and talking someone into it than just than just uh, I want to I don't want to use the word manipulating, but it's more it sort of is a form of manipulation. I know I know where I'm going with it, and I may start off very subtle, and I may I may go in circles, and I may go in this roundabout way, but eventually I know we'll get there. Right, but what is it specifically that you typically like to to get them to do sexually? Is it anything like that you know you sort of got them to do, or is it specific sort of stuff that you're actually into? What specifically what I like to get them into sexually uh-huh. is reaching a higher level of pleasure. Uh-huh. So, like, making I mean, that's them really what it's about lot. for me. Oh yeah, definitely making them. Uh, uh, you know, that's, you know, you're a woman. That's, there's power in that alone. Yeah, you know, um, this I mean, is what I, mean, I this is the deal. Okay, I've slept with a lot of guys, and I have a lot of guy friends. So I sort of know the different types of guys that are out there. And there's de- there's definitely a certain type of guy that likes to, like, put on what I call the show. Okay, that guy, like, and there's a couple guys I know that are into this. Like, they want to get a girl off as many times. Like, they could stay hard for hours. They only care, they care more about the woman, actually, than coming themselves. Because it's all about, like, putting on the show, and they sort of feel better. they buried. care more about their ego. I don't know, but it's like, you know, and it's like the show. And I got to say, from a woman's standpoint, the show is kind of annoying. Like, it's too much, yeah. especially if you're going to see somebody all the time, like five, they expect you to come five times and they want to fuck for hours and there's no break and they'll kind of come once at the end and that's what they're good for. But it's just a focus on you. And I don't know, to me, I like a give and take and I want to come and then I want to hang out for a little while and talk and then I want to get turned on again, then do it again. That's what I'm into. And to me, I think that any girl that's really into the show is probably coked up. You'd have to get a girl high on cocaine to be into it because it, <laughs> it would be irritating any other way. But anyway, um, so I'm just wondering if you're that kind of guy. I think it's very, like you say, ego driven and it's it comes from a place of like a man being very needy. And I think a woman like getting women to like them because on some level they don't feel like they do. Well, do you put on the show? Are you into the show? No, I'm not about the show. Okay. I'm too direct and too straightforward and too get let's get to the chase. Okay. I don't do the show. Okay. But uh you know, I get what you're saying. No, it's 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 uh it's a lot more deeper. It's it's a deeper friendship than you're giving it credit. I mean, I know you keep focusing on the sexual side of it. Yeah, I was just trying to do uh, that on this podcast. Maybe we won't. <laughs> no, I understand. It is yeah. it is very it is very sexual. But I mean, uh for me, that's why it's the, the fit that that has to be for me. That's why I'm very particular where I'm at now versus where I was whenever I started was because there's got to be a very particular fit. You know, I mentioned last last time, you know, that I liked, I have a secret desire for broken women or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever, whatever psycho, you know, analysis, that theory <laughs> that could come out of that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it is, it is what it is. But the point is, is that's, that's what it is. That's what I am. It's what I like. And then mostly because uh, I, you know, I don't know if it's an ego or not, but I feel, I feel good bettering their lives you know bettering themselves whatever i'm a very good life coach mm-hmm. you know uh i'm a, i'm 
I'm very firm and hardcore and, you know, uh, I enjoy that. There's there, there's a there's a friendship. I mean, when it, just because I say I don't get attached as far as dating and things like that, doesn't mean that I don't talk to them daily because I do. Oh no, I know every guy. I know more. every guy that I know that has these kinds of situations. They actually never let the girls go. They claim to be like not attached to anyone. Yet, to me, if you really think about it and look at their sort of actions, they actually are quite. Um, attached to most of their women. They never let them go, whether they just stay as friends or whatever. So I think um, a lot of times guys that think that they're so not whipped to women are, it's actually the other way around. Um, so I think, so I get that. I know every guy that's kind of like you has that same situation. They don't just discard women and not care. They actually have like a fear of abandonment and never let them go. So these girls always stay around. Um, <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> You're relentless with the psychology. <laughs> I can't help but see. I, you know what it is. I can't help but see patterns and see things. And like, listen, this is how well, scientific you know, you I gotta, am. I take a study of three people and then I say, "This is what the deal is," and this is the answer. You know, and that's so like bad, right? But I don't give a shit because I'm right. like I always say on my show, I'm not giving professional advice. I'm not a psychologist. No, it's okay. I, I think you know, it's funny. I could do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly what it is, you know, and it's my I think it's thing. funny. It's all, yeah. it's all good. Yeah, totally. But that's, but I, like, I actually you know, think hey, that I'm right. Me, if, you, if, you, if I walk away with a different angle on myself, I'm secure enough to be okay with that. Yeah, and listen, I mean, like, that's the way I think. Like, I, I just love talking to people and love talking about things because so I think I. that you never know when the light bulb's going to go off and you might learn one thing, you know. I don't think anybody, whether it's me or you or anybody, could buy into anybody else's beliefs 100% because we're all individual people, right? But we could all learn yeah. something from other people, right? And I, I, for me, that's Understood. how I've learned, you know. So, yeah, I don't ever think that I could anyone's going to believe everything I say, that would be weird. And I think that that's not being true to yourself. I think everybody has their own way Very of looking so. at things and stuff, you know, but. Yeah, I, my yeah. disadvantage is, you know, to be honest with you, I didn't prep for this. I didn't, you know, well, I don't go around having be. sermons about myself. You know, I, 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 I don't do that. So, you know, I'm talking as we're speaking and, you know, you'll have a point and that's, that's fine. And I'm not saying I agree or disagree. I like that. I like debates. I like going back and forth. But, yeah. you know, sometimes when you're analyzing yourself and I'm telling stories that I'm trying, I'm actually remembering as I'm speaking them. Like I said, I didn't even yeah. think about this before, before I called you. Mm-hmm. You know, I start hearing things. It's like, okay, I could see that. But I know where I was at that time. And I know, I know I'm very self-aware, you know, at least on the surface. Okay, so what is the difference between you back then and you now? I mean, listen, I think everyone evolves and changes, right? You're like in your 40s and we're, we're talking about, like we're going through, you know, the, you know, since you lost your virginity till now. So, of course, there's going to be changes and there's going to be growth. How could there not be? Especially if you're self-aware and you're pretty honest with yourself. So what is the difference that you see in yourself and what have you learned, you know, over, the time, over time? Uh, what has changed mostly is life. Mm-hmm. Just the whole process of life. But as far as what I've changed, as far as a dom goes, or even as far as a man, whatever, is I'm, I'm more particular now. I'm more, uh, you know, I, one of the things I was thinking of just now is the fact that a lot of these are, just, are projects for me. I get bored. Mm-hmm. My everyday life is very hectic with what I do for a living and, and playing music, music full time and all like kids and all that. So, you know, uh, I get, but on the, on the other side of me, I get bored. So I, I like to have projects. Mm-hmm. And that's why part of the reason why I like women that, you know, I don't like to use the word broken because they're not, 
yeah, they need work. They may have lost self-esteem issues, whatever it is. <clears throat> you know, this may sound – I don't care how you analyze it. The, the bottom line is, is is that I get a lot of pleasure. They're kind of, I look at them as like my children. You know, I get a lot of pleasure out of, you know, making making things better for them. You know, I do like – it's different when I get a phone call or an email or whatever. It says, you know, look, you know, you really changed my life or whatever. I'm talking about, you know, from someone that's been several years. You know, mm-hmm. I, I take pride in that. It's even, I, I mean, that. it's egotistical, I... so what? No, I mean, listen, that's a part of why I do my podcast. I love helping somebody out. I, I love that feeling. And I think men, that's what men are sort of like like to be in women's life. I think that that's nature too, just as a man. A man likes to yeah, help them. Yeah, the damsel in distress like to, kind of thing. Well, no, they yeah. just like to problem solve. They like to provide. They like to be there. They like to be the, you know, the knight in the shining armor, right? And women like to nurture. Yeah. So I think that that's... Um, a typical thing that a man has a need for maybe because you don't have um, a relationship right now that's how you sort of tend to that part of yourself right and satisfy Possibly, that probably. desire in yourself by having I've always said because I've been sort of a commitment phobe and never really put all my eggs in one basket is too too I had too many trust issues for that I would be like oh yeah I have a boyfriend and like five different people you know I'd have like the guy I was having sex with the guys that were taking me out to dinner, the guys that were giving me the companionship, they were my friends, you know what I mean? And whatever. So like maybe you do the same thing. You know, I think that sometimes that's what people do that don't have like relationships with one person. They sort of get their needs met through multiple people. Yeah. And you have to realize that I'm a huge control freak. Mm -hmm. So I have, I try, I have a tremendous amount of self-control. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I've always kind of had, you know, I wasn't as strong when I was younger, but I've always been like that. You know, if I don't, you can't talk me into anything. You can't, you know. Can I ask you a question because somebody it, once told me uh, sure. about their analysis about something about that. And I want to see if it's true. Were you hit as a child or like abused as a child physically? Just no. yes or no? No. Okay. Nope. Okay, go on. Uh, pretty much, as far as going back to the sub things and all that, you know, uh, a lot of, a lot of, you know, I don't know. There's not like we talked about before. There's no doctrine on what a dom or a sub is. I mean, I guess someone probably came up with, you know, Alistair Crowley or somebody. <laughs> but uh, there's, there's no, there's no guidelines or whatever. I've been, I mean, like I said, I'm in a big metropolis city. I've been. In my mid to late twenties, I've gone to all the events and the clubs and all that, and I got real jaded about it. Uh, How come? Uh, fakes. It felt like it felt like it was Halloween. Mm-hmm. You know, people wearing costumes, and and in a way, I guess we'll go ahead and cycle in on I guess I kind of wear a costume because I'm one person during the day, one person at night. Yeah, I mean, that's I probably that. what people are into. It probably is fake. I yeah, mean, it but, is being like somebody else, and maybe that's like the that's an escape for people, you know, and that's what they're into, right? Yeah, yeah, I get it, but it, it's just it's it, it's who they who they they don't they don't sell it very well. Let's put it that way. Right. It just wasn't for you because you're a super honest person. Maybe it just didn't feel the way like it wasn't your approach. It wasn't the right way for you to approach it. But maybe true. for other yeah, people, I, it is. Yeah, exactly. You know, like I said, you'd have to know me and know who I am to understand that I'm a very, I'm a, like I said, I'm very Southern, so I was very, I'm very respectful. I don't show anybody disrespect, but like I said, you know, I'm coming to these so-called doms and they got the, the outfits and all that kind of stuff. And 
I'm not shy at all, so I'm the kind of person that'll walk up. I'll walk up, introduce myself, whatever. And uh, they naturally, it's it's all, but it's been like my whole life. They actually, they naturally kind of, uh, I don't want to say submit to me, mm-hmm. but they're very cautious of me. What do you mean cautious? But uh, just, I've always, just my look, whatever it is. You know, mm-hmm. like I said, I hold myself at a certain, a certain way. Mm-hmm. I'm very sure of myself. I'm very confident. Uh-huh. And uh, I think a lot of men aren't. Uh-huh. And I think confidence, this, this is why I said I got jaded about it, because, number one, I see a dom kind of as a leader. Uh-huh. That's my vision of it. Some type of leader, some type of mentor, a teacher. You know, I take that aspect of it. I don't take, you're right, I've never really gotten into the, the bonded side of it. Does that make me not a dom, no? Uh-huh. There is, there is, there's many levels of, of doms and subs and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but no, I don't, I'm not that extreme as far as the bondage side. You just and, like uh, submissive women. And so when you put like stuff out there on Craigslist, right, looking for people and you get people that are very much into the lifestyle, are they sort of disappointed that you're not like into it totally like they are? Cause I would assume that not at all. it attracts women that are used to the typical way a dom works. Not at all. It's actually the opposite. Mm-hmm. Funny you bring that up because I would, I couldn't tell you how many. I mean, I've had some extremists, don't get me wrong, that they were saying, they've never said you're not a dom or nothing like that. Mm-hmm. They just pretty much said that they're more into the extreme side of it. Mm-hmm. But I would say a high, high majority in the upper 80, 90 percentile are the first one things they say is they're not, they're not looking for any type of abuse. They're not looking for, you know, to be whipped, you know, whipped and chained and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the general aspect. Now, you know, but don't you think that uh, those are people that aren't really are those are people that would probably more be likely to read Fifty Shades of Grey, and then the people that are really into BDSM, yeah. I think that they really you do know, want to be tortured. I think that think they actually so, are really into it. That's that's the real people. I think that would, there are people would, that really are. Right? That's what I would. think. I think you're right too about that. I think you're right too about that. But I think that's also okay. This is where we're, this is why we keep having this 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 crossroad. You and I. Because there, I believe that there is that aspect of this lifestyle. I agree with that. And I think that's the aspect that most people before Fifty Shades of Crap came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that, that that's their aspect, their, their idea when they hear, you know, Dom so bondage and all that kind of stuff. I think, especially with women, one of their first uh, thoughts is abuse. You know, uh, and I'm talking about people that may, there's, I mean, what I mean is that you don't have to be an extremist to be involved in it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's kind of what the up until certain certain time, that's what the the idea was was you had to go all the way or go not at all. And no, that's but kind I, of like but the I idea do of, think that the pe- there are people that go all the way, and that's just that's people that are really hardcore into it. I know bondage guy who I've had on my show. If you listen to his episodes, I mean, he's gone to parties where you know one girl is you know sort of taking on fifteen guys, and they're all sort of jizzing on her face, and it's total humiliation and that kind of stuff. And like right. that's what they're really into. And and he's very involved in the world in the typical sense that like you're not right. So I think that that goes on. On and there are those extreme. No, I, I know it goes on, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna I'm in a totally deeper level than that. You know, uh, is what I mean is is like there's a lot of people out there. Maybe someone not so much like yourself because you're very aggressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm not submissive. Some, at there's, all. There's, <laughs> no, you can tell, and that's yeah. why that's why we're having that conflict because you don't you're not understanding what I'm trying to say. No, I understand. And, uh, 
No, I mean, what I mean is there, I, I believe that in a lot of women, I, I gotta be careful how I word things because you'll attack me on it. Oh my <laughs> and God, a lot of women. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just poking fun at you. Yeah. And a lot of women, there's this, there's a natural biological need to submit to a certain type of, you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to just say it's just a man, but, but for lack of a better word, man. Mm-hmm. Okay. Entity, right. just like energy, nature. whatever. Like if we were you know, cows, like if we that. were cows, like, and I was a female cow and you're a male cow, right. just nature would say that I would submit to you because I need you to like take, help me take care of my babies. And if, if I, I let me think of it like this, and it's just, like I said, I'm thinking of this as I go. If my need from what you're psychoanalyzing is my need to feel wanted, desired, accepted, whatever, balances out who I am a man, so be it. Well, they have the same need is, especially women, what we talked about earlier, like yourself, I'm not saying you, but women like yourself who are, you know, aggressive in life, you know, what I mean is, is mm-hmm. women that have earned their, earned their way up, you know, the chain, chain of ladder at work, you know, they're single parent, they work hard, you know, they're more of a man's, you know, man and woman's role at the house and all that kind of thing. I think there's a need in a lot of women to just be a woman, to just, you know, have the force of a man, you know, even if it's just momentarily or sessional or whatever you want to call it. Uh-huh. And that's what I like to nurture. I like to bring that out. I like to, uh, going back to what I was saying earlier, I love, you know, I don't, I love to, I love to tap into that. I love to show them that there's there's another there's another uh, emotion out there as well there's a, there's a freedom in submission totally a, and i believe most know. women that are like me and because i'm like this I, I i know where it comes from there is and i think that there is a a natural sort of urge for a woman to partner up and it's very healthy to be okay with taking help from a man i think that that's more natural and normal than being the type of woman that's like oh i'm going to do everything on my my own you know what i mean and that's kind of like how i lived most of my life until i realized like like, oh God, like, why am I torturing myself? Do you know what I mean? Like in a weird way, <laughs> that's a part of dysfunction that's put on you when you're younger, right? And so it, right. And it is very hard to let go of that sort of defense of like, I'm going to do everything on my own and allow for somebody to maybe help you like a man or a partner, like maybe you're a lesbian and it's a woman, you know, whatever it is, I think it's more natural that people partner up and get some help and that's okay, you know, and what and partnerships are are great and they are natural in nature people partner up to take care of babies to have a house you know that's right. that's more normal than staying alone your whole life you know that's been a hard lesson I've had to learn but I have learned that and I believe that and that's a part of me being an alpha female was like oh I never want to rely on a man but that was d- totally dysfunctional right but because I have that air it is always hard to find a guy that can sort of get through that tough outer exterior and get well, me to feel that, like a woman. But a womanizer, that, which I believe you are, that, okay. can do that. <laughs> exactly. And that's what I got at earlier when I said it takes a certain type of, of man. What I mean is, uh-huh. is when that's exactly what I meant. I mean, these type of women, you're talking strong. You got to back up and realize I adore women. I've told you that uh-huh. before. Yep, totally. You know, I really do. Uh-huh. And uh, most of my conversations are with women, you know, I just, I've always loved women. I love conversating with women who are emotional and they're, I'm a, like you said, I'm a problem solver. Mm-hmm. Women are puzzles. Yes. And I enjoy, I enjoy solving them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, well, you know, it takes, like, it takes, especially for a woman like that, that's mm-hmm. a go-getter, that's very on top of her game, all that kind of stuff. A certain type of man can't come in and just be her lover and be, and be her, her, especially in the bedroom, be her leader. Right. They're very particular. You know, it takes a uh, number one, 
definitely not a man that's that's not successful in most cases. Mm-hmm, exactly. You know. Yeah. In most cases, you know, definitely not that kind of man, the freeloader type. You know, the fly by night no, kind of thing. You know, they need more of a man than she respect. is. No, she's got it. Like if she's right, like exactly. a very, very much a dude. Like what I always say is, like, unfortunately, because I'm so guy like and just sort of had to build that up in myself forever that it's you know a guy has to be like more of a man than me and that's gonna that means you got to be kind of like very manly because I'm kind of very manly myself (laughs) and so that's you know what it is and that doesn't mean that you have to be so alpha and rude and mean and not at all I think men take the wrong approach all the time with women like that (laughs) I'm sure you're wise enough to tell that that's not my approach at all you know most of of mine through charm and 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 what it is is when you watch the layers peel away, you know, you take this stern. I mean, I enjoy that. I, I like, I like, because they, I like being underestimated. I, I love it. Mm-hmm. I love being underestimated. I love the, I love the layers peeling off. And I love the fact, I love to look in the eyes whenever, you know, something's going down and they're, they're realizing that at that moment, you know, they'll do anything I ask. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's a cheap thrill for me, you know? Right. You know, we have to have, and I guess I don't think that I'm any different than anybody else. I mean, I hope I'm not. I mean, I, I think we all have to have some type of goal. I'd, ha- I'd like to go into it having a goal. Uh-huh. And that's my goal. My goal is, you know, that transition. You know, when we're talking about submission, like I said, well, I keep speaking mine's a lot deeper than what you think. I don't transition think it's not of, I mean, I think well, it's you all, said I think... so earlier because if I'm not so extreme, then I'm, then I'm not a dom. No, you might. It might be the wrong terminology. Like sometimes it's just a matter of semantics, and people will think, "Oh, you're a dom," and then they want to listen to the podcast, and they think they're going to hear like something more similar to like what Bondage Guy talked about. Whereas to me, this is like a very different conversation, and it's just it's interesting. I'm just trying to get the right terminology so that people. Well, like, there isn't a listen, right terminology for well, it. There kind of is. Maybe this is like a you know like a man who's like interested in getting alpha females to submit. Like that's like a, I think that that's an interesting topic. I think a lot of guys probably meet women like that all the time, and they treat them very wrong, right? So you could maybe say like, hey, well, listen, this is the way to get that kind of woman to feel like a woman, right? And then she'll be totally right. devoted to you because it's a, it's a, it's like, rare. A lot of people would have a terminology for what what the textbook termination of a dom is, and they would call that a sicko. Well, that, that's people that are judgmental. I think there is a world well, where there I'm is saying. a I mean, word that, that in the BSDM world, I think that there's doms and submissives and slaves and all that terminology works there. And it's, it, and it, you know, it, it has its place and it makes sense. Well, let me put it this way. Yeah. Let me, I like, I like this conversation because that's one of the things that I preach to for lack of a better word, subs, Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's one of the things I say is when I get into it and we start getting to the psyche of, of what they're particularly needing. And, it, uh, these are all just terms. They're mm-hmm. used loosely, you know, they can be used as firmly as you want because part of the reason is a lot of times they get wrapped up, you know, cause I, I like newbies. I really do. I like people that I like to, like I told you before, I like to nurture that. Mm-hmm. I like to bring that out into them. So they don't immediately when you hear the Don, there is a persona or there, you know, with, it's what you think it is. Mm-hmm. Everybody has their idea of what they think it is. Mm-hmm. What is it? What is it? What is Dom? What is it? Are mean? you asking me? Yeah, I mean, what is what is your definition of what a Dom is? Oh, I mean, in that world, is it, it's is a it certain, textbook it, or is it idealism or? No, in that world, it's definitely a man who has ownership over a woman, and it's a whole thing. It was actually very interesting for me to talk to a, a, a guy who was really into it in the regular way, not in the shades of gray way, like in the hardcore 
way. I like that extreme because that's someone that really okay. buys into it and really sort of goes that way. Out. That was interesting. You're a little bit different, which is just as interesting in a different way. But look, look, here we're getting into the idealism, and I love but I, who it. Who cares? Oh, you like this? Okay. I like this because listen. Okay. I just got one point to make. Uh-huh. Number one, you know, you can go. We can go through all the psychology of it and all that, and we can go through, you know, the socialism of it. What I mean is, is down here we have a scene. You'll love this. Our dominant scene may be different from what you have in New York. Uh-huh. Which is also going to be different what you're going to have in Amsterdam. Uh-huh. You get what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So who, you know, it, through the migration and through because people are sheep, we have very few leaders. Uh-huh. People are sheep and they, this is what it's supposed to be. This is what, you know, let's go to these clubs and let's do what they're doing because this is, this is what it says we have to do. Right, but they a lot have all of, these but, limits and rules, and right. But I think some people like that. Some people need that, and they like that, and that's what they're into. Well, I think people in general need to be led, uh-huh. regardless of what they call themselves, regardless of who's 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 holding right, the but, whip, but, who's holding uh, what, the chain. Right, but there has to be a lot more sheep than leaders, right? I mean, it, it, you you're gonna that's just the that's nature, right? You, if there is more sh- leaders than sheep, it, then what the fuck would happen? It'd be Lord of the Flies. I mean, it just would be, you know. Right. It would be a problem, I'm not right? Disagreeing with so it. all those <laughs> sheep exist for a reason and serve a purpose, and so do leaders. And that's why groups and rules and regulations and books and things are built for people like that to sort of buy into. I've never I quit brownies when I was younger. Like seriously, I thought it was so fucking weird. I hate groups. I hate buying into anything. I like to do my own thing, and that's do I'm a nonconformist, so I yeah, get you. out of the box. But it but it doesn't mean that everything that is in the box no. is is to me not real and you nope. know it's like every everybody's different and different people have different needs you know i don't think anyone's right. better or worse it's just different understood and that's a whole other topic and you know love it but no but that's what it is but i'm just trying to that. focus on like what you do because it is different from them and i don't think that it's wrong that it's different it's like it it's i like it's, to it okay. suits you because you are out of the box so there, there's no way you're going to be buy into that world and everything that they do and buy the book i'm just trying to figure out what your world is there is okay with what i do in a perfect situation where it works out the sub the sub's perfect you know i'm perfect what typically happens what my goal is is I have complete control over them, mm-hmm. but it's not through it's it's more it's 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 mentally. There's not there's no there's no stronger more no more stronger control than mental control. Mm-hmm. Right, and you then, know it, it's yeah. mind fuck. Right. Mm-hmm. So you like to mind fuck and, them into liking you, and then getting them in bed, nah, and then staying your friend. That's a, that's but isn't that just then a relationship eventually, like a friendship that you build with somebody? No, I keep. I'm very good. And what I do, so I'm very. I'm not saying there's no backlash every once in a while. I'm just saying I'm very good at keeping things the way they are. Right, but you don't I'm feel like you form a friendship boundaries. with them. Oh, definitely. I, there's a, it could be a lifetime friendship. If yeah, that's, that's what, what I is. mean. That's what I mean. If like you know, you sort of mind fuck them into buying into bond. stuff, but then I mean, eventually you get real with them. I'm assuming, and you guys like get to know each other. You say that you keep these people around, and they become friends. So then that becomes like a relationship. It's a friendship, right? Yeah, if you want to call it a relationship. Are we having a relationship? Oh, no, this is a conversation. <laughs> a relationship extends more than just like one thing. It's a lot more complicated. I get you. I'm just it making a point. Over, it happens over time. Intimate conversation and intimacy can be, I mean, it doesn't qualify as a relationship. Now, 
I guess we can get technical on it. I mean, no, I don't want to get technical on it. But you said that you you do have relationships with these women. You say that it's not shallow. It's not just about sex, right? You do get you do get into their head. You do want to help them. They you do help them, right? So they probably stay involved with you. You told me in the past podcast, last podcast, that they don't they don't leave you and you know after you just have sex with them and don't want to be with them, they stick around. So you do have relationships with them. They're friendships. Like I said, maybe that's your Very way of up. satisfying your needs of not having a one woman in your life, but you, you know, because you like women, so you have multiple women in your life or these women and that is satisfying enough for you so that you're not that. alone yeah. and needy of a relationship and, you know. I'll go with that. Yeah, that's a very good analogy. Yeah, so there's nothing, <laughs> I, there's nothing wrong punch, with that. We can punch out now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, look, yeah. seriously, no, that, a lot of that, that pretty much sums it up. I mean, if you want to get down to it, yes. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, would, I would safe to say that, you know, because I'm always going to need attention. I'm not, I'm the first one to tell you that. Uh-huh. But yes, I'm, I am a man, you know, I'm going to need attention, whether it's physical, whether it's, you know, emotional, whatever it is. Right. And those women probably need what you're giving them. So it's a mutual exchange. Right. And everyone's happy. Absolutely. It it is mutual. That's that's kind of one of the things, you know, you said something like earlier about uh, the fact that I need someone to, uh, you know, to crave me or or I don't remember your your terminology, Mm -hmm. but basically Mm -hmm. the need of that. You know, what about what about their need to, to crave someone? Right, or there need to be fixed. But I just think that eventually, right, that like you evolve and grow, maybe your needs sort of change, right? So maybe if you could eventually, like those women who eventually fix themselves, right, maybe you help them in a certain way, but eventually they're going to have to fix themselves, right? And when they do, they probably wouldn't have the need for somebody like you anymore. And I would think that somebody like you, a man like you, who's very needy of women getting to like them like after a while if you worked on that part of yourself maybe you wouldn't need to have that and maybe you could maybe focus on having a relationship that's a little bit different with somebody else and that's just like you know evolving and growing and changing and not that like I said anything is better or worse I you know I don't think if you're someone that's more evolved than somebody is better it's like to me the difference of being someone in kindergarten or someone in fifth grade you're not going to say that someone in kindergarten is less smart you know they're just they haven't been through enough they haven't learned right so to me I would say that eventually people learn shit and then move on and so their needs change because maybe they work on stuff I would think or hope that maybe you would work on your needs so that you would change it a little bit and that maybe you could get to a place where you could maybe focus on one woman and develop the relationship further than where you tend to develop it from. It seems like you sort of have a lot of relationships and you go to a certain level with multiple women, but that's just, you never go past that. You did once for nine years, but you say you never loved her. But like, you know, maybe... you know, one day in your life, you're still young, you know, you would maybe work towards something else. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I personally think that sometimes when men are very needy of women and they go out and I say this to doctor guy all the time, it's just like, you know, when they go out and they get girls to like them, yet that need never goes away because in a, in a weird way, it's like, it's really not women that are going to make you feel better about yourself or that's going to fix that needy part of you. It's really you, right? So if you're looking, you know, so it doesn't matter how many women you get, that urge will never go away. You sound like my mom and everybody else, you know, I, you know, I don't, of course they don't know about this part of my lifestyle, but the point is, is 
my my family has seen me go through. I'm a, I'm that kind of person that is always how do I sum it up is kind of lone, like lonely a lot or uh-huh. but never alone, never uh-huh. alone but always lonely. You know that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Uh huh. So my my family has seen me go through because if we have an event or something, I'm going to bring a date or whatever, and it's usually somebody different for the most totally, part. Of course, so yeah. they've seen a lot of things and and. They've made comments, and then they well, everybody assumes that something's broken, and maybe there is. Totally. But nothing. I'm really happy. Like I'm like I, I, I'm. It's funny because I love I love the. It's like religion. They're going to sit there and talk to me and try to convince me to this, that, and this, and it's like why can't you know? No, but why am I more happier than you are? No, no, no. But nobody's saying. Oh, first of all, happiness is like. I mean, anybody. Any, but nobody's happy every single day of their lives, right? It's like, you know, that's no, like no, bullshit, no, no. right? But I'm so content. The re- people that are, you're saying they're not happy or you're happier than them. You know, everyone goes through tough times. Some people are happy sometimes and then unhappy. That's just fucking life, right? It's full of lots of different emotions. Right. You know, it's about having inner peace and having that big vapid hole inside of you sort of filled up and not being needy of all this other bullshit. That's what we all want to work towards when we get older. So we feel better about ourselves because when you're younger, you, you got to fix that shit, right? And so that's all it's about. And so that's what people are saying to you you say you're happy but you also just said you're never alone but you're lonely so what the fuck is that yeah that was the, that was the most of my life now i'm, I'm now I'm, i mean i meant to say that that's most of my life now i pretty much focus on raising my kids so right so that's, I don't, that I, i'm, I'm right. selfish i mean i'm selfish because i don't want anyone else no but that but in, I, maybe your kids in, in filled a, a big part of you but maybe that was like really good absolutely. for you absolutely like it changed me they, mm-hmm. they changed they That's changed great. a lot of things about me that i was that guy that was here's the thing i was that guy that never wanted children mm-hmm. ever not because i don't like children mm-hmm. but because i'm too selfish with myself i right. knew that I knew that I knew that if I had children, because of the type of man I am, mm-hmm. you know, I'd go all out. Well, that's mm-hmm. the reason I never wanted them because I didn't want that responsibility. So, for being a guy that never wanted children, mm-hmm. you know, uh, to being a great I enjoy dad. being a father. Uh huh. Yeah, I enjoy it. Yeah. So, and I, I mean, I don't know about you because I was always a selfish person. I just recently had a baby myself, and like for me, it was like you know, at a certain point in your life, you just don't you just get bored of yourself. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, as selfish yes. as you are, like, I mean, you know, after you're with yourself for so long, you're kind of like, okay, like, I'm done with me. Like, I, I could, I would love to give myself to somebody else and forget about me for, a, a, you know, a couple of years. Why not? Right? It's kind of nice, I think, after, I mean, for me, because right. I had issues, I was always analyzing myself, working on myself, thinking about myself, and always needing myself <laughs> for me because I was so fucked up. But after I sort of worked on my shit and, got my feet on the ground and I was pretty together. I was like, okay, like now I have nothing to do for myself. Like I want to do for somebody else. Right. And that's what kids are about. And I think that that's why some people are ready for kids a lot, you know, way before I was right. Because I had to, some people are together at fucking 25 and that's why they could, you know, they're done with themselves and want to work. I wasn't because I was fucked up. Right. But so I think that that's great, you know, and that's the natural progression and an evolution in life that happens. That is a great thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I agree with everything you say. I don't, I don't, I think about tomorrow, but I don't, I don't think about the next day. You know what I mean? That's cool. Live in the present moment. I think that that's really important. I just don't, I just would get stuck on the fact that you say you're lonely. What does that mean? You're not lonely anymore. Well, what, not really. No, okay. I mean, I can always find, I mean, what I meant was, you know, once again, I'm talking about a whole history here. A lot of shit's running through my head. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that was kind of the thing, you know, and once again, when I said I always bring different women, that was before I had children. Right. I don't bring women around children, to be mm-hmm. honest mm-hmm. with you. Mm-hmm. 
mainly because of that, because there is, I don't want any type of attachment with them or anything like that. Right. And you have a good relationship so, with the woman you had the ch- the children with, their mom? Friendship, yeah. We have mm-hmm. a good friendship, yeah. That's cool. That's great. But I, I raise them. I raise them. They go to her on the weekends. Oh, really? You have more, you have sole custody? Yeah, I have full custody. That's what I'm saying. I I, I raise my kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, because she was into drugs, she, right? Yeah, and just the fact that I'm a control freak. You think I'd ever give my kids up to anybody? Come on now. No, but I mean, it's very unnatural for a woman to give up that control. That's a little odd. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I watch Judge well, Judy, even Judge Judy feels, I'm obsessed with Judge Judy, by the way. <laughs> and when she sees that the woman like lost custody of the kids and they went with the dad, it's like a red flag. Like, what the fuck? Like, Because most of the time, it's very rare that any woman, I don't care how controlling a man is, a woman, when she has that baby, it's nature in her to never fucking let it go. So like, well, how did that happen? Well, uh, let's just say that that she's very selfish. So she didn't really want the kids. I didn't want. To, I'm not going to say that exactly, uh-huh. but she knew from the very beginning that if anything ever happened, that I would get the kids because she's I'm very responsible and she's anti-responsible. Mm-hmm. Was that how your mom was? Your so mom had knows, you when she was like 15, right? And basically gave no, you up. I mean, your mom and your grandmother raised you, no? Right. And my, uh, me and my, I mean, yeah, my mom, me and her weren't close for a long time. Mm-hmm. Are your kids close with but, her, your girl, their mother? Eh, closer than I was with her, but not really. I mean, my brother's kids, I have two brothers, are a lot closer with her and we all live in the same area. Right, but, right. Yeah, it's weird. I don't want to blame that all on her. No, it's but listen, it's a part of like, you know, unfortunately, we could look at our lives and be like, oh, God, like I, I sort of recreate. Sometimes we recreate the same shit that we had, right? Like, look, your kids are sort of experiencing kind of like a similar thing that you went through, right? They don't really have a mom like you didn't really have a mom. Uh, Yeah, pretty much, I guess you would say. I, I grew up with my grandparents, like I said, so it was kind of like a, I did have a functional, you know, Two parent functioning two parents. It was a little bit unorthodox, but I don't think nowadays it's at that time. You know, we're talking seventy five when I was born. So uh, my, that my mom was fifteen and seventy five. That was kind of a big deal. You know, totally. Yeah, of course, absolutely. Uh, with, and that's really young to be not selfish, right? Like we were saying, to be really ready to like take care of somebody else. So like, right, you know, we could understand. We could not like put her down and say she's a bad person. She was just really super young. But, um, you know, it's, do you try, have you tried to get her to have a better relationship? Even all after all these years, she still hasn't sort of grown into being closer with the kids. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. I don't want to get the wrong idea. I forget. I mean, I don't hold any grudges. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I know that she was young. She had three kids by the time she was 19. You no, know? not uh, your mom. You're the woman who had your babies. Oh, have I done what now? <laughs> have you tried to sort of have her be a better mom to your children or did you take God the children? every day, right, every day. Right, right. She's like, she's like a, she's like my teenage daughter. If you want to get the truth of it, cause I'm constantly like on her ass about shit, you know, about no, but don't you think that's more like you, right. But don't you think that's more like you sort of working out your relationship with your mom? Like your mom was like a teenager when she had you just like what you just said. <laughs> and it's like, kind of like you're trying to fix your mother. That's what we do. That's what relationships are about. There's nothing. There's it's like two plus two <laughs> equals four. I've done it. We all do it. That's what it's fucking about. There's, there would be no reason to hook okay. up with people if they didn't sort of teach us stuff. So maybe that's your way of trying to get your mom that. when, you know, to grow up and take care of you. Right. And so you recreate, that's what we all do. That's fucking life. 
I hate I'll, to make you feel okay. so common because I think that you like to be very unique, right? And you don't want to be like everyone else. But in this sense, like I we think all, everybody wants to be unique. Yeah, but we all are kind of like everybody else, like in a weird way. Like you do have that going on. It's so obvious to me. But there's nothing wrong with that. That's like a part. That's the way that it goes, right? That's how we heal ourselves. I'm as common as you are. Of course, I'm so common. That's what I love about the, the internet. Is, Just when is, I think I I'm <laughs> interesting, I Google and I find millions of other people that are thinking the same crazy so shit. So let me ask you this. Yeah. How good of a listener are you? Uh, I l- definitely cut people. I listen. I remember everything that people say. I'm so curious about people. You know, I have my own opinions, though. So I do. I'm not just going to listen and not talk, but I'm a very good listener. I remember mostly what everyone says. I love listening to people because I learn from them. I listen enough to be able to psychoanalyze. You know, if I wasn't mm. listening, I couldn't put the patterns together. Well, like I see things because I actually listen. Do I cut people off? Yeah. Where does your need Where does your need to psychoanalyze come from? I don't know. I'm a natural detective. Listen, I don't I don't do it in my own life. I don't take control of people's lives and and stay on the phone with them for every day trying to change other people. I have my own life and that's where I know that I'm pretty healthy with it. It's just a thing that I like to do and I like to help people, but I do it like you come into my nest, I fix you and then you leave. It's a one-time thing. I don't if I start focusing on other people too much and give a shit about what they're doing, then I know that I've lost my own way with myself. I don't believe in sort of getting super involved in people's life. I did that more so when I was younger. And that is a dysfunction when you're so involved in other people's lives and you're trying to help them. And you're so focused on that. And then you get aggravated when they don't change stuff. That's like a problem. And I had that. But now it's not a problem. It's just I like to do it. It's interesting to me. I love reality TV. I love people. It's fascinating. I like to dissect. I I love it because I like people. That's just me. So it's what I do. But do I do it dysfunctionally? No, because I'm never going to talk to you again. But I like to just do this for right now. (laughs) The fact that the camera is even rolling makes it unreal. You could say People whatever. Act when that's fine. I like reality TV. It's fine. Okay. I go, I'm not going to I make a point never to talk about celebrities or any kind of stuff like that on TV. But like, I, I mean, on my show. But I mean, I could go into a whole thing about made up shit. Right. We could all say that that's not fucking real. People wrote it. So I, I just think that. I How like do you know? TV. Okay. How do you know I'm not making up something to be on your podcast? You can. And I told you this in an email. You said to me once very know, early on you know in the email. You can. That would be just as fascinating. I, you know what? No, I, I could tell when to. someone's bull- I could tell that you're not lying to me because I grill people like Barbara Walters. And I, I could tell when someone's fucking lying. I've caught people on my show lying because I ask questions. And if you're not telling the <laughs> truth, you're going to not be able to answer the questions properly. You're not lying really about anything like <laughs> stuff if and if you are that makes it even like more it, interesting it would make it even more interesting do you understand i'm interested in all kinds of people people that tell the truth people that fucking lie like it would be almost <laughs> more interesting if all of this was a fucking lie but what i think is the truth so, is the big things that we've hit on so what you need to do is title it eric the the not so dom fucked up over his mother womanizer. <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna. I don't know what I'm gonna title this because I don't like to, to mislead people. I, I thought we were gonna focus a lot on sex, and we went in a totally different way, which is cool. Like I said, I'm gonna extract content. And I never know what it's gonna be, but it always winds up to be interesting. We can talk about sex. We can't talk about sex. We're under at an hour. My baby's going to wake up from his nap. No, we're not talking about sex. We talked about this and this is what it is. And I think that it's interesting. And um, I think it's, you know, interesting because you've fought with me a lot. It's interesting because I still psychoanalyzed you and people will listen and take what they want. And I I don't know what I'm going to title it, but I'll figure it out.
I don't I don't care if you psychoanalyze me, Kathy. Obviously not. I just think that. I like a good debate like you do. It's cool. It's fine. I love a debate. And I think people like to hear it. But let me just tell you this. Yeah. Let me tell you this. If you really listen to people, which I believe you do. I do. I'm a listener. Yeah. And uh, I do interrupt every once in a while, but but I do listen completely. I really interrupt. You cannot. (laughs) We're very, we're very, we're like onions, you know. Uh We're we're very complex. There's Uh layers. Uh, To sum up who I am and who you are in a conversation it's just unrealistic. I mean, there's a lot more depth to everything. No, that's why uh, I, I try to focus on like what. That's why I try to make the podcast kind of about one thing, so that people, like I said, the light bulb sometimes goes off when you hear other people talking. So that maybe somebody listening to this could take one thing and sort of be like, oh, and learn something. Do you know what I mean? That's it. It's not about yeah. figuring out the specific. That's why I don't care about your real name or who you really are. You know what I mean? It's more about like experiences or putting pieces together and showing somebody something about life that maybe they could learn from. It's not about psychoanalyzing you, whoever you are. I don't really know who you are, nor do I care. It's more about sort of trying to focus on one thing or maybe multiple things in a conversation and maybe people could relate and learn something. That's it. And I always find it interesting because people are interesting to me. But I, I never so. know I'm, I'm where I'm going it. with a call. My son's awake. I could see him on the monitor. I never know where I'm going okay. with a call, but uh, we were supposed to talk about sex, but we didn't. But I feel like, you know, when I edit this, I'll figure out what it's about and create a good title and people will listen. And, you know, I think it's entertaining <laughs> and interesting to people that are like us that like, I don't know that you like, you don't like reality TV, but people that like, like to peel back the layers and analyze and are interested in people. That's the kind of people that listen to my show. And that's what I they would like. like- I like this. I like, like I meant what I said when I said I've listened to a couple episodes and I liked it. Mm-hmm. I meant it because it is it is more realistic because the, 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 they can be anonymous. Totally. Then people uh, can be really honest. I told you I had a friend on recently and um, she put out her real name. And then afterward, she started emailing me. Can you take this out and can you edit that? And I don't want my husband to hear this. <laughs> and I was like, this is why I do my show anonymously. Let me just make up your name. I won't tell people who you are. And she really wanted me to put her name in it. Just like, this is why I do it anonymously because then people don't have to worry about that. It doesn't matter who people are. Do you understand? People learn more so from the truth. And I feel like I get why people want to be anonymous because there are other people involved. People have children, people have husbands, people have, you know, so I get that. So I think if you let people be anonymous, then they're more likely to be honest. And then people could really know what the fuck is really going on. And that's the whole point of it. You know, that's the beauty of the anonymity like I said I I was fucked when I didn't have someone anonymous on recently and then I got had to do all this editing and that's what I don't want to do yeah no I agree 100% I believe I believe you know this is different exactly so we're gonna call it a, a, a day this is the this is the end of the podcast part two God knows what I'm gonna title it but we'll figure out well we'll you'll see <laughs> I'll send you an email probably what? The narcissist, uh, mother-hating <laughs> <No>. <laughs> wannabe. No, definitely not. Well, listen, we all have that shit. I always think to myself, like, what is my son? You know, since our parents push our dysfunctional buttons, like, what uh, what the fuck is he going to say about me when he gets older? It's just the way that it is. You know, we're not perfect people. No, our parents weren't perfect. We're not perfect. You know, you can't be perfect. So a little dysfunction, you know, well, is, we, is, is We are some, somewhat a product of our environment. I mean, I, totally. I agree. Absolutely. But a little dysfunction is normal. What else are we here for? We don't come to this earth to be perfect. We come to this earth to like take on problems and solve them and grow and change. Okay. And that's what it's all about. Kathy. Yeah. Look, 
we're Americans. We are narcissists. Mm-hmm. Don't think anything that we're not. Everybody is a narcissist. Okay. We all think we're the most most, impor- most important person to us. Right. We are in a certain it's way, way. And we aren't. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, like to me, we're so important Everybody and not important at the same time. You know, I don't know. To me, I think everything I do is like really, really important and then really, really unimportant. Like I'm a piece of sand in a fucking sand pile. Uh, you know, that's how I think that both things <laughs> exist at the same time. I so, guarantee you you're important to somebody in your life, your son. Exactly. And he's up. So I have to go tend to him. He's not crying, but he's up. I can see him on the monitor. Okay, Eric, thanks for calling in again and being honest. I know you're being honest. Okay. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous.